Good morning. How's everybody doing? Good. Um, I want to thank Ms. Regina for that awesome lead-in to my sermon today. Uh, <clears throat> I think first, though, I want to start with a story. And this story is called The Patient Father. There's a story about a man who stopped in the grocery store on the way home from work to pick up a couple items for his wife. He wandered around aimlessly for a while, searching out the needed groceries. As is often the case in the grocery store, he kept passing the same shopper in almost every aisle. It was another father trying to shop with a, shall we say, uncooperative three-year-old boy in the cart. Now, the first time they passed, the three-year-old was asking over and over for candy. Our observer couldn't hear the entire conversation. He did hear Dad say, Billy, this won't take long. As they passed in the next aisle, the three-year-old's pleas had started getting louder. Dad was quietly saying, Billy, just calm down. We'll be done in a minute. When they passed in the next aisle, the kid was screaming uncontrollably. Dad was still keeping his cool. In a very low voice, he was saying, Billy, settle down. We're almost out of here. The dad and his son reached the checkout counter just ahead of our observer. The dad still gave no evidence of losing control. The boy was screaming and kicking. Dad was very calming, saying over and again, over and over, Billy, we will be in the car in just a minute, and then everything will be okay. The bystander was impressed beyond words. <clears throat> After paying for his groceries, he hurried to catch up with the, this amazing example of patience and self-control just in time to hear him say again, Billy, we're done. It's going to be okay. He tapped the patient father on the shoulder and said, Sir, I couldn't help but watch how you handled little Billy. You were amazing. To which the dad replied, Whoa, hold on there, partner. You don't get it, do you? I'm Billy. <laughs> Patience, right? What is it about patience that makes it so hard? Sometimes we wonder, we have it? Do we show it? Have we maybe accidentally or unintentionally trained ourselves to be impatient? We live in a world <clears throat> where many things are at our fingertips, right? We have phones that answer our questions immediately. We've gone from typing our questions to just asking the phone, and a voice gives us the answer. We have online delivery services that bring our packages to us in a couple days. We have TV shows and movies that we can stream immediately just by pushing a button. We have, I'm going to use air quotes, news available to us all day long. We can order groceries on our phones, drive to the store. The store will bring our groceries out and put them in our vehicle and we drive away. Over time, we've developed ways to travel faster, get our food quicker. We've developed medicines that help us heal faster. We've even found a way to take pictures of ourselves and our loved ones and share them for the whole world to see immediately. That's an incredible list, right? But I believe something's missing from all this hurriedness. I believe we're all guilty of taking this one very key component out of our everyday busy lives. Anyone want to take a stab at what that is? God. Why have we removed him? Let me ask you, does God move faster than he used to? Should he? Should he be changing with the times? Malachi chapter 3 verse 6 says, I, the Lord, never change. 
Isaiah 40, 28 says, have you not known, have you not heard, I am the everlasting God? Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And James 1, 17 talks about gifts from above, from a God whom there is no variation due to change. The scriptures over and over talk about how God and his word never changes. So maybe the better question is this, is God really missing from all this, or are we in such a hurry that we, that we don't take time to acknowledge him? Have we trained ourselves to go straight to our phones for answers? You see, if you're a Christian and you believe that salvation comes through the death, burial, and resurrection of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, then guess what? Good news. You have God with you. It's simple. Ephesians 1.13 tells us, that when we heard the word of truth, the gospel of our salvation, and believed in him, we were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. To be sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit means that God's own spirit comes to indwell or take up residence in every believer. Now, why would the Holy Spirit be so important to helping us with patience? The scripture today, Galatians 5.22 says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When we were saved, we were sealed with the Holy Spirit, and God began to um, sort of release these fruits into our lives if, and it's a big if, if we allow them. We have to allow them to grow in our lives. Now let's look at this list for a second. Love. Over and over again, we read on how we're to love one another, and I think we do a pretty good job of it. Um, It's easy to love all of you, there's people out there that are harder to love. God's strength, the spirit inside of us helps us love. He is still working on a way for me to find a way to love Tom Brady. You all know this. Um, that's going to be all God, I'm telling you. Um, joy. I think we're a joyous people. I think you see that fruit. Uh, peace. We should have that that fruit of peace in our lives in these, in these times right now. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I think we all need to work on a little bit, but patience, that's, that's the one fruit. It's there, and do we show it? You might say, well, what does this look like, right? What does patience look like? Well, the psalmists repeatedly tell us what that looks like. Psalm twenty-seven fourteen says, wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart. Wait for the Lord. Psalm 37, 7 says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Psalm 40, verse 1, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. We could go on and on, but patience seems to be correlated with this idea of waiting. Now, the kids said in the, in the children's sermon, what is patience? Waiting. I've heard it defined as waiting without complaint. I don't think that's a complete definition, and here's why. I don't think somebody who's waiting for a root canal is waiting patiently by not complaining, right? I think there's something missing to that. Now, what could that be? <clears throat> well, what about discomfort or stress or annoyance, struggles, pain, hurt? Maybe the better definition of patience is waiting without complaint, through any kind of discomfort, stress, annoyance, struggle, pain, 
or hurt. Maybe that definition is too long, but think about it. It's when we're faced with these things that our patience is tested. Because we want answers or solutions right now. We don't want to be stuck waiting through our struggles or discomfort or any kind of hurt. But that doesn't happen, does it? Why not? Why do we have to wait? Charles Stanley defines patience as the will to wait. And I like that so much, I stole it from my title of my sermon today. Are we willing to wait patiently for the Lord to answer? We read in the scriptures to pray to the Lord, let him know our requests. And then when he doesn't answer right away, we say, well, thanks a lot, God. Here I am praying every morning to you, and you're not answering. So let me ask you, could it be that we're praying for a confirmation rather than an answer? And let me explain that. Sometimes we already know the answer we want to hear, and now we're just waiting for God to confirm it. I know I've done this many times. I've gone to the Lord in prayer and asked him for answers, but what I was really looking for was a confirmation. I had already answered. I I knew the answer I wanted. Are we asking God the right question? Because if we're Christians, and one of the fruits of the Spirit is patience, then we should be able to have the will to wait for for, for for, for the Lord's answer. But we don't. We have our own timetable, and we want God to follow it. But he doesn't work that way, does he? I'm going to come back to this in a second. I want to, uh, I want to shift gears. Follow me. Uh, stay with me through this. I want to talk about the characteristics of God. We use these three words, these omni words all the time. Omni meaning all in Latin. Omnipotent meaning God's all-powerful. This means he's not subject to the physical limitations that we are. There's omnipresent meaning his divine presence encompasses the universe. He's everywhere all the time. And the last word we use is omniscient. God is all-knowing in the sense that he knows the past, the present, and the future. He knows everything about you. He knows everything about me. He knows everything about everything. And if he knows everything about us, then why don't we trust that he knows what's best for us? Maybe the all-knowing, all-powerful, all everywhere, God of the universe knows what's best for me. Maybe when we're asking him these questions, he has us waiting for a reason, only known to him. Last week was Father's Day. By a show of hands, how many dads do we have in the room? Let me ask you, your dad, something. If your son or daughter comes to you and asks you for something that you know is not good for them, whether it be harmful or dangerous, whatever it might be, do you tell them no? Of course you do. Why? you love them. You don't want to see your kids get hurt. Do we not think that our loving God intercedes and tells us no for that same reason? Of course he does. He knows what's best for us because he's omniscient. He's all-knowing, and if he tells us no, there's probably a reason. We all know for the last year, actually it's been a little bit longer than a year, we went through our our, um, house build. And a lot of you walked alongside of us through that. Um, something you might not know is our story of being told no. <clears throat> we sold in May of 2021. We were under the impression that our new home would be arriving in October of that same year. And we had these grand ideas of spending the first holidays in our new home. Probably something that looked like something out of a Hallmark movie. <clears throat> well, Three weeks after we sold and moved out of our house, 
we got an email saying that the house would be delayed until the following March. And we were, we were upset. Um, as the months started to roll by, certain things would come up, and uh, we, would get, we would get more upset. Um, we even tried taking matters into our own hands at one point and going to find a different house if we could. When that failed, October rolled around, and we decided, well, let's get our septic put in. That way, when the house shows up in March, everything will be ready, and we won't be waiting on that. We had the equipment. It broke down. Um, when we finally got it running, and I got the hole dug for the septic tank, and I'm not going to sit here and explain how septic systems work. I will say that septic tanks sit lower than leach fields, um, unless you're running a long ways. But anyway, um, when I got the bottom of the, the hole dug for the tank, we hit irrigation water at about seven feet. Um, you don't want to set your tank in irrigation water. That thing has to be level for a reason. So uh, we tried pumping it out. It seeped back in. And really, the only thing we could do was wait for that water to go down. Now, this is our story of being told no by God, because had the house showed up in October, how painful would it have been for us to sit and look at that house on the foundation and not be able to use it? Maybe we'd have been able to sleep in it. I don't know and they've been troopers. My girls have been troopers through this whole thing. I don't know if they'd be willing to go all the way up to the shop or to the house to use the bathroom. We're in the country, maybe, just saying. <laughs> we do have neighbors, so probably not a good idea. But that's, our, that's, that's, a, that's an example. We wanted something so bad. We wanted the answer. God had a different, a different plan in mind. We were told no by a loving father. Just like you dads out there, God protected us. He protects his children, even if you don't want to hear the answer no. Everyone, and I mean everyone, is going to face patience at some point in their lives. Some more than others. Think of some of the great patriarchs of our faith and how they had to wait. Think of Noah waiting for the rain. Abraham waiting on the, ples- on the blessings promised him. Moses waiting in the wilderness 40 years and then still not seeing the promised land. Daniel wading through the trials while exiled in Babylon. Maybe the best example, Job, waiting and pleading to the Lord for answers to his trials. These are incredible examples. We have to remember that patience doesn't develop overnight. God's power and goodness are crucial to the spiritual development of patience in our lives. Colossians 1 verse 11 says that we are strengthened by him to great endurance and patience. James chapter 1 Verses 3 and 4 encourage us to know that trials are his way of perfecting our patience. Our patience is further developed and strengthened by resting in God's perfect will and timing. Tony Evans has a really good way of saying this so we can understand it. He said, the longer it takes to go through a trial, when you're strengthening your heart and mind spiritually, the greater the harvest. What he's saying is that God is only going to leave you in that trial as long as he sees fit. And I know that when you're right in the middle of it, you think God's giving you too much, because I've been there. We've all been there, some longer than others. And some of you in this room or joining online might be going through this right now. But for those of you who've gone through it and come out on the other side, let me ask you, looking back on it, did he give you too much? Did he give you more than you can handle, or was it just the right amount? Was the all-knowing God, the omniscience of God, to know how long your trial 
needed less? Was it, was it perfect? And lastly, if patience is a fruit of the Spirit, then let's use fruit as an example. If your patience is not tested long enough, then the fruit is underdeveloped. We all know what it's like to bite into a piece of fruit that's not ready. It might look okay on the outside, but inside it's not quite a finished product yet. Now, on the other hand, if your patience is tested too long, then the fruit will be over-ripened. You've all seen this fruit. It's that fruit in the back of the drawer that maybe we forgot about. It's starting to grow other fruit. Or maybe it's shriveled up and looking like it's decaying. How many times have we felt like that fruit that was left in the back of the drawer? I'm here to say that God and only God knows when that fruit is ready. He's not going to leave you there until you become that piece of fruit in the back of the drawer. I promise. God, the all-powerful, all-everywhere, all-knowing God of the universe knows the exact moment that that fruit is perfectly ready. We don't know this. Only he does. We have to trust that. The end of Isaiah chapter 40 is really beautiful in describing this. Isaiah 40 verses 27 through 31 says, Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those whose hope, or those who hope in the Lord, will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. These people were preparing for an exile to Babylon, and they knew it was going to be tough. Some didn't listen, but they knew it was coming. God told them to trust in him, to wait on him, for he does not grow weary. He does not grow tired. And when we find our strength in him, then we will soar on wings like eagles. We will run and not grow weary. We will walk and not be faint. And if we're willing to wait and trust in the Lord, we will come out of these trials with the perfect answer to our questions. God's answer. Our patience is found in the strength of the Lord through his gift of the Holy Spirit. So here's my advice. Slow down, be willing to wait, and then watch as that fruit is perfected only in God's timing. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for uh, the truths that we find in your word. And Lord, as we, uh, as we go about our lives, we pray that when these situations arise, or if we're in the middle of it right now, Lord, that we could trust in you. You know our, our desires. You know what's best for us. Lord, you've given us your spirit. Our prayer is that that spirit strengthens our will to wait. Our prayer is that that spirit empowers us to wait on you, Lord. We love you, and we thank you again for uh, this time. In your name we pray. Amen.